I love that our church is full of wisdom, which is what we're talking about today. Wise generations that have been around the block a couple of times and of youth. Amen? Like we need both. We truly need both. And I love that when we decide to lock arms together, like that's when we get to see Christ at work. That's when we get to see the love that, that Jesus is talking about, the disciples, when we decide to lock arms together. Wisdom. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs today. I actually, during my fast and prayer, I thought it was going to be going to Galatians or Ephesians. And I don't know about you, but just the, the events over the last couple of months, I'm like, I always pray. If you want to know what I'm praying about when it comes to new sermon series, it's like, God, what do we, what do we need? What do I need right now? Like, what does our community need right, like, right now? And, and I just, it was just clear as day. It's like, we need wisdom. Like, we need wisdom. We need wisdom of our Christian leaders who have been around the block for many years, who have seen these things come and go, who have lived through catastrophe and pandemic. We also need the energy of the youth to combine and collect with this wisdom and say, what what scripture says together together we will get through this right together so wisdom so the title of this series calls wisdom or folly and if you've been on social media like i have actually i'm so thankful i prayed and fasted and got off of social media i posted a little bit so it was like a one-way channel and i stayed off of the of the downloading um like you see a lot of folly these days a lot of foolishness in our world like and I've heard even some of you say it. I've heard some of our leaders say it. You know, I remember the day when communication was one way, right? Like when our leaders got up on the television or they spoke over what fireside chats over the radio, right? And they just let us know what was going on in our nation. And we didn't have this millions of outpouring of billions of voices, right? These social media, everyone with an opinion, so the question is, which of these voices can I listen to? Like, which of these voices are wise? Where do I go for wisdom? And how do I sort through the foolishness? That's why we're in Proverbs today. We're going to start in Proverbs 1. These Proverbs are, are not meant to be laws. They're, they're really not. They're not meant to be um, something that you're supposed to stick to legalistically they're not meant to beat you over the head they're literally meant to be a guide a collection of of kind of of encouragement and pokes on hey think about this like i want you to think about this so anytime the kids got in trouble in my house i think it was mostly blake because he's the one that got in trouble like more, way more than chloe i think chloe's got in trouble like three times over her life and maybe once banking literally because she knows where the line is i think Blake, he knows where the line is too. He just decides to jump right across it and says, what are you going to do, old man? You know, so, so when he'd get in trouble, I'd, I'd say, could you just go read the book of Proverbs, please? Like, it would just make me feel better if you did. And he is a wise young man, like far beyond even what I was at his age. Like, I love, I love when you can glean wisdom from one another. Fasting and praying um, if you guys have never done that before, so I did a juice fast at the beginning of the year because I had to, because I wanted to. Juice and water fast, um, which means you, you don't eat food. Did that for five days. Stayed in scripture, stayed in prayer on my knees. 
And I'm just like, God, I, I want to hear from you and you alone. Like, I need your wisdom. Like, get rid of this rattling can that I have in my head, right? Get rid of me. Let me, let me block out all the, distract, the distraction of what's coming through our news channel. Let me hear from you. Today is a little bit of a fruit from that. Join me in Proverbs 1. We're going to start 1 through 7. Let me read it for us. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding the words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple. That's me, right? Who else is simple-minded in the room? Right? I'm still learning. Without moral direction and inclined to evil, that's our human nature, knowledge and discretion to the young. Also, it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. So what's cool is he's talking to both those that are inclined to just do what they feel, right? Those of us who are still young. And most everybody in the room is young at heart. And it also talks to the wise. Those that have seen what happens when we follow our emotions at all time. It's talking to both of us. And it says both of us, we both, every single one of us has something to learn. For understanding proverbs and parables and the saying of the wise, they're riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me read these last two lines. For understanding proverbs and parables, and the sayings of the wise, they're riddles. And then the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it's, it's cool because it's both convicting and it's revealing. I'm, I'm going to kind of like spring off of where Jedediah left last week. He, he came in and taught probably some of the most convicting, counterintuitive parables from Christ. Like to hate your father and mother, like that's how much I want you to love me, Jesus was saying. Like I even look back in Genesis for every wedding that I've done. It says what? Leave your father and mother and cleave to who? Your wife, man shall. Like there's something about his scriptures are trying to paint this contrast of what our relationship with Christ should be compared to this world, compared to even our own families. And he's, he's not saying hate your father and mother like those of you that wrestle with that. <laughs> I mean, I have at times, by the way, and, and forgive me, right? But um, he's saying, no, I just compared to how much we love Christ. I felt it in our worship this morning. By his amazing grace. Compared to how much I love Christ, that's what it feels like. Everything else is a, is a dim comparison. So this week, I, from, Pro, from Proverbs, I thought, this year has been a contrast of belief and values, right? We are in an abundance. Like the Western society, if you haven't realized it yet, we are in a massive abundance. Like an abundance of whatever we want. Literally, I can go out and buy a boat right now that I can't afford. But I can go get one. Like, actually, there's a sane boat. I think it's the North Star. It's for sale. I think, what, it's 179000 But I'm like, I would be a fisherman. And I, I can't do that because I don't have the money to do that. But, but I can go. I can go convince a bank to loan me the money. 
probably not a good plan. I'd have to like tap, you know, Duncan Fields on the shoulder or the, or the Mutches and say, or, or some of our retired guys, or probably can get John Ref out there. I guarantee you I can get John Ref out there. Teach me how to fish. But we are in abundance of material, material goods, right? When the Amazon package shows up on the front door, or if you're like me and you shop secondhand online instead of paying full price, when that pa- it's, like, it's like every week is Christmas now. You don't even have to wait for December. I think especially here on Kodiak, because that's our entertainment, right? When the new packages show up on the front, it's terrible. We, you know, speaking of addictions, that song talked about it earlier. Everybody just raise their hand and com- confess their addiction to Amazon, okay? Like, it's a real thing. Um, but we are, we are in a society of abundance. And even on the, the negative side of that, abundance of what here lately? Opinion. You know, abundance of I must control you. An abundance of anxiety. You know, I'm still talking to people over the phone and through email and, and doing whatever I can to profess the hope that I have and point to what's ahead and what they can have here now. And, I, and man, it is, like you have to put people daily in God's hands. And God, I trust you. I trust what you're doing. And I hope this person knows how much you love them. And I hope that they choose you this week instead of that emotion that's going around. We are in abundance. What we may not be in an abundance of is wisdom. I, I think probably no more, there may be no other time, no other year, like maybe, maybe when the great flood happened, like when God says, okay, they're all dumb, I'm going to wipe them out. And he, it's not funny. I laugh in really weird times, by the way. So it's like I have a dark sense of humor. But he flooded the earth. And he said, I'm, do, I'm done with that. Those of you who love me, let's go. I kind of feel like we are in those times again if you've ever read the books about the fall of Rome and the fall of great civilizations, it happened right after the time where people gave themselves over to everything that they wanted to. And I just go, God, we need your wisdom like now more than ever. So the one thing we may not have abundance of right now is wisdom. So let's see, I said, I said, okay, there's got to be some incredible wise people over these lifetimes. So I, this is a little fun moment. So I thought, what are some of the wise, famous quotes that we could go through before we get back to Proverbs? So I pulled some of these. These are some of my favorites. Meshtoma Dilawayu, he's a Canadian um, African, but he's also a Christian leader and entrepreneur. Several from him. Wisdom at the f- mountain foot sees further, farther than intelligence at the mountaintop. Did you get that? Wisdom at the mountain foot, at the foot of the mountain, sees further than intelligence at the top of the mountain. I think every, probably every single person in this room, high intelligence, like super gifted at their jobs, at their positions, leaders within the community, but here what this wise man is saying, all of that amounts to nothing if we don't have wisdom. That's why we're in the book of Proverbs today. Here's a fun one. A cat may have nine lives, but a wise person has a hundred. 
And I don't, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure our cat's going to outlive us. We'll see. We'll see. Our Siamese cat who loves to attack Myra in the morning. A few hours spent reading a book is better than a lifetime of ignorance. There's actually a family in our congregation. I, wanna, I don't want to out them right now because, you know, I don't think they'd mind. But where TV is not a thing in their home. And they decided that TV is not going to be a thing in our home. Like, we're going to read. We're going to read books. And their kids and their family is amazing in this knowledge and wisdom of books. Um, even Bill Gates says that. Even what? What was it? Jobs. Steve Jobs, right? Like, these guys knew better. They wouldn't even let their own kids have these electronic devices that are just sucking their, their, their neurons, right, by the second. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission. That was Eleanor Roosevelt. Here's one. I'll read a few more and then we'll get on with it. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. And I, even when we do talks in the church, I talk about, guys, the, the why is really the easiest part. Like, why are we here? Like, we're here unapologetically to profess the love and truth and the reality of Jesus Christ. To continually encourage one another and to reach out into a hurting community. That's the easy part. What gets really sticky, and if you join some of our leadership meetings and those of you that have been there, what gets really sticky is the how, right? Do we sing from a hymnal? Do we, do we get like a, a Duran Duran rock man up here, right? That's kind of a controversial topic. It's, it's the how. But when we go back to the why, like why are we doing what we're doing? And we are, are we really committed to that? Here's another good one. Common sense, Ralph Waldo and Emerson, common sense is genius dressed in working clothes. And that, again, is that something that, that our wise leaders in the community can lock arms with the youth and say, you know what, sometimes it's just time to work. I, every single person in this room like, doesn't have a problem with that. I think everybody in this room has overalls on. Like, we're workers. I don't think you can come to Kodiak and not be a worker, by the way. I don't think you last very long. Right? Amen? All right, let me move on. I'll do one last one. We'll move on. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Sr. It is the province of knowledge to speak and it is the privilege of wisdom to listen. So I'm saying all of those just this morning to open your mind, to open your heart, try to mute or get rid of those distractions. God help us. In Jesus' name, just empty, empty our minds and our hearts and let us soak in his word. Let us listen so that we can be wise. Here's what Cambridge Dictionary says. Wisdom is the ability to make good judgment based on what you have learned from experience. Wisdom, my favorite definition of wisdom, wisdom is knowledge put to action. Like, it's beyond intelligence. It's beyond instruction. Like, um, I'm having to do some training for some chaplaincy uh, at the Coast Guard base, and I think I've watched like 100 videos now, and I've taken all the tests, and it's a lot of knowledge. But it's scary because you're like, oh my gosh. Am I, am I actually going to be able to put this into action when the time comes? You know? And so it's not really wisdom yet until I can apply it. It's just knowledge. 
And if I don't use it, then it's just knowledge that sits in some file in the back of my head, right? And it gets dusty. Knowing what's best and doing what's best are two different things entirely. It's wisdom and knowledge. So folly. So here's the other side of it. And this is what we'll be contrasting today. Wisdom versus folly. Folly is basically foolishness. It's lacking of good sense, foolishness, or it's a costly ornamental building. I love this part because it makes it real. And with no practical purpose, especially a tower or a mock Gothic ruin. So check this out. I went online earlier this week and I said, okay, what are some, some arch- it's architecture, what are some architectures that can show the difference between wisdom and folly? And here, who's been to Jerusalem? Like, who's seen the walls? It's one of my things I want to do. When you read Scripture and it talks about stand firm in the faith, be watchful, like you see a lot of these watchmen or watchguard or watchtowers. This is David's tower, King David, that he would watch from, that he would look out over the kingdom. And Duncan's going to correct me in a minute because he knows for real if that's David's watchtower. I'm, pre- I'm 98 for sure that it is. Here's a, here's a close-up photo, Duncan. Let me know. David's watchtower. And this is the interior courts. It's now, it's now a museum and a gift shop. So y- you can still get a little bit of history there, but it's, it's a tourist attraction. This is a legitimate, when you think about wisdom, think about it has a purpose. Like it's built for a reason. It's not just some fluff or something that's supposed to be ornate compared to what's known as folly architecture. It'll come back in a second. What's known as folly architecture. So let me read you about this. It looks like a legit building, right? I mean, it looks real. It was built like way back when. This thing was built in 1870. It's called the Wayne House Tower, believed to be one of the tallest folly buildings ever constructed. The structure was initially intended to be a chimney for an industrial building, so it, so it was built with a purpose. Um, but by the time the, the thing was finished, the factory and company had been sold. So they finished it and then sold the company. And they said, well, we've got to continue to build the tower because you can't have a tower that's not completely built. So they built it, and they thought, okay, we'll make it a, an observatory, like to look at the stars, and that never happened either. So it was... 275 feet tall. I think it'd cost a million dollars today if we tried to build it again. And now it's just something that's cool, right? And all the neighbors around this guy actually accused him of building it so he can spy on them, right? So it's truly, it's literally folly architecture, foolishness. This next one, if you go to New York and you kayak or boat on Lake Otsego, this tower was built just, just so it could look cool, but it was in 1876. This guy said he's actually one of the partners. Who has a Singer sewing machine or has ever used the Singer sewing machine? So this is one of the partners. And he said, hey, I, w- I want this cool Gothic tower on my, on my lakefront. It literally has no other purpose but to look cool. It's folly. That's what we're talking about today. Like you, when we came to, when we came to Kodiak, I was, I was waiting to see this incredible, beautiful architecture. I was and you come to Alaska and you say, oh gosh, this is all what? It's purposeful. It's functional. Like, right? We don't need to paint that thing for another 30 years until it needs paint. You know? I've been telling Myra since I got here, I'm going to go and paint the big green building downtown. I'm going to scrape it and paint it. And I'm going to do a mural on the back, right? Maybe a salmon run. And because and I drive by it every day and I'm like, this, this. 
It needs some folly, right? It needs some design. It's not all function. That, that's another debate, too. I heard that's a Kodiak thing. <laughs> Proverbs 1, let me read this again. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of King David, this is from a king. A king who had everything collected these for us. And he said, he said, and God like ordained it to be in our Bibles today for a reason. For cultures who need wisdom from a king, he gives us these scripture. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. Like that's, that's timely today, isn't it? Like I'm dying to see justice. Like I'm dying to see what's right and fair for everyone. Right? Not for just one specific group of people. Not for the other. For, for all of us. For giving prudence to those who are simple, without moral direction, inclined to evil, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and the saying of the wise, their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. One of my favorite pastors, and this is really ironic that he says this because this actually came true in his life. He said it this way. If I don't take care of my soul, things start to unravel in my life really fast. If I don't take care of my soul, things start to unravel in my life really fast. Have you guys seen in your own life, in your neighbors, in our community, in our nation, have we seen a little bit of unraveling this year? I would probably say to the degree like I've never seen before. Truly. Even after 9-11. Because we got to say, no, that was because of our enemy. And the country like lined up and went after our enemy. And those who prayed, prayed. And those who sought, sought answers and spiritual guidance filled the church. Like our church at the time grew from 5,000 to 7,000 in a matter of two weeks. Imagine that. Imagine this church going from whatever we are right now, you know, 80 on an attendance to 502 weeks because there was a clear and present enemy, so we thought. Right now, it's, it's not quite the same thing. It is, it is COVID, but it's actually far worse than COVID. Far, far worse. And we as humans, because we're human, and I'm not pointing fingers, but we as human have tried to do what? Control the, our futures. What happens when we try to control our future? Anxiety. Like takes us over. Like it literally takes us over. If I don't take care of my soul, things start to unravel in my life really fast. We need wisdom. We need God's wisdom for our minds. The renewing of our minds for our soul and for this last part to get our emotions and our heart in check. 
if we can get God's wisdom in our minds, our hearts, and our soul, it will keep, it will keep like a cheap sweater, like everything's beginning to unravel, right? Like my, our executive pastor at our church always used to say that because I said, hey, Randy, how are things going? He goes, oh, Larry, like a cheap sweater, it's all about to unravel. And I'm laughing, but I actually got to pray for a couple pastors this week and a couple of interim pastors right here in our area because their pastors departed. I said, hey, how can I pray for you? How are things going? And I can say this in confidence because it's true across the United States. He said, Larry, I've never seen so much strife, so much humanity on display and its ugliness ever in my life as I have this last year. And I said, bro, you're not alone. So if you guys are experiencing that in your workplace, if you're experiencing that in your neighborhood, if you're experiencing that at the Coast Guard, if you're seeing that, if you have family members that just don't know which way is up right now, it's, it's okay. And people, and people act, right, in our worst mind in these times, and it's okay. The world's not ending. Christ is still on his throne. Here's what I love about it, even though it's the most painful lesson we can have. He's getting our attention. He's getting every single one of our attention. So the first point in this is to gain wisdom, we have to fear God. It's another one of those counterintuitive lessons. Proverbs 9.10 says it this way, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. I mean, Scripture also says we have to work out our faith in fear and trembling. Right? I was even talking to Jedediah before he got up to speak last week. I said, yeah, man, like it's, it's real. Like sometimes, like I wish I could look into your souls. I wish you could see into mine. Like we're so terrible about, about judging each other's hearts. Like God says, don't do that. That's my job. All I can do is look at the fruit, right? We can look at each other's like actions and behaviors and words and say, hey, what are you thinking? But what I said to him last week is like, it is working our faith and fear and trembling. It's, it's, it's this. One day we will stand before God and we will stand before Christ and he even says, and, and men will say, I, I prayed in your name. I cast demons out in your name. I, I did miracles in your name. And Christ says, I never knew you. I never knew you. And I was like, what does that mean? It's kind of the same thing as hate your father and mother, but love me. The truth is, he's saying, I didn't know you because you were doing all those things for your glory. Like you were doing all of those things for your righteousness. And, and I had to share this with, a, with an unbeliever this week. I said, there is actually power in Jesus' name. There is power in Jesus' name, whether you believe in him or not. I even heard this as a scientific study, and I don't know if it's true because I cannot find it. So forgive me if it gives some grace that our very own breath actually makes the sound of Yahweh. And I'm like, that would be incredible considering God breathes life into us. And, and we are made in his image. We are his creation. How, it's one of those questions that I'm going to ask him when we get there, right? 
does my breath really make the sound of your name? And he's like, of course it does, Larry. I mean, I don't know. I, I hope that's what he says. But it, that's what I think he's trying to say here. Like, I never knew you. So each one of us, I think we have to examine our own hearts and say, Christ, I, I want you to have all of me. Like, I want to be obedient to what you've called me to do. I want to be holy because you are holy, because I'm your kid. I want to live this life according to your word. I, w I really do want to love you and love my neighbor. Like a, a couple of guys in here that are well-equipped with armories, right? Like if, if the end times happen and we really need militias, and Texas are big on militias, Alaskans, I think, like number two militia. I doubt, I doubt it, but kidding. Like, is that really what God wants for us? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, my flesh says yes, my, but Scripture and wise counsel says no. Not now that Jesus has come. And the question is, how hard would it be to protect my family against that, right? As an executive pastor of a very large church in Austin where, where people were showing up with guns and taking lives, like on the news, we're, we're trying to figure out what do you do in that situation? Do we lay down our lives? Or is it my responsibility to protect the kids? It's, there's, no, there's no right answer in that. But depending on what the world says, that's either wisdom or foolishness. And that's why I can't really depend on what the world says. I have to go to the word. Christ says I, I'm supposed to lay down my life. Christ says I'm supposed to let God fight those battles. Even though as a young man, or as a middle-aged man, like, I, I think I could pull it off maybe. That's foolishness again, right? Christ says no. God says no, I don't. I don't want you to do that. Like, I will use you laying down your arms and professing that you love me and love others. I will use that far greater more than you could ever imagine. And it's so counterintuitive, right? Because it goes right to my heart. Sorry I'm speaking about that because what's been happening lately, it comes through sometimes. It comes through sometimes. Let me keep going. To gain wisdom, ask God. You've heard this one, right? We have not because we ask not. This morning, we gathered at our worship team. I did not know that Craig just fell. So I come in the room, kind of bebopping, you know, no coffee, just a glass of water. And I'm like, hey, let's pray. And, and I think Bruce said, yeah, that's a really good idea. And I started looking at the, the expressions on their faces. And I'm like, what, what just happened? Like, what did I just miss? And they, and so Craig told us he fell and he was feeling dizzy and he'd play racquetball all morning like he was 20 years old. And we prayed. And then his color started coming back. But it was just like sometimes we are oblivious to what God is doing. And sometimes even when a friend falls or sometimes when things are really good, like constantly I think God's always giving us stuff that says, I just want you to ask me. I just want you to include me in this. So this morning we prayed for Craig. We prayed for healing. We also prayed for something I've heard from, from many of you. Can we let church be fun again? Can we let church be enjoyable again? Like I, even going back thinking to the pastor that I, interim pastor I prayed for this week, man, he, he was about to break down. 
He said, he, and he's never been a pastor before, and I, I'm trying not to say the pastor's name, but he said, he said, I had to go back and call our pastor who had left the island, and I had to say, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I never knew how hard it was. I never knew how everybody was coming apart, just trying to do what's right in their own heart, like trying to control the future. And he said, I never knew. And it reminded me this morning, hey, just pray for God's joy. Pray for God's love. Pray for his unity. Pray for all of us just to go, God, I take my hands off of it. And I trust, I trust what you're doing. Ask God. James 1.5 says this, if any of you, if any of us lacks wisdom, hold your hand up if you're lacking wisdom right now, please. Everybody should be holding their hand up right now. <laughs> no judgment though, no judgment. So half the room held their hands up. The other half, you guys are super wise. Y'all need to be up here teaching. If any of us lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to those without reproach. It will be given to him. And, and don't be shocked as I am when you pray for wisdom and, and the trial shows up. Don't be as shocked as me when you pray for something and you're thinking, God's going to deliver wisdom in this Amazon box this week with my new, with my new shirt that's keeping me warm, right? He's going to deliver wisdom that way, and I get to unwrap it with a bow, and it's going to fit perfectly. And it's like, no, wisdom sometimes feels like a straitjacket. Like, it's going to wrap you up, and you're going to fall on your head, and you're going to go, what in the world? And you're going to get up and go, oh, like, I, I did that. Like, I, I'm the one that did all that. I'm the one that just fell on my face. To gain wisdom, ask God. To gain peace, to gain patience, to gain kindness, to gain more love, like literally ask God. To gain like peace with your coworkers, like that one guy or lady that just drives you crazy at work. Either they're too optimistic or they're too negative, which are the one you are. Like it's usually, you know, opposite the track and then they attack. Like just ask God. Say, God, help me in this right? To gain wisdom, this last one, and then I'll wrap up. Receive Christ. Literally. Don't be the one that stands before Christ at the end of the life and hears, I never knew you. But don't be that man or woman that has just like checked all the boxes and said, all right, I got it. Like I read, I read the Bible cover to cover. Like I raised my hand and said, Jesus, I'm following you. Like be the man or woman who knows that they know that they know because you worked out your faith in fear and trembling and it's not something that you earn. I can't work hard enough to get it. It's not, I can't preach hard enough to get into heaven. Like I, it, it doesn't work like, like that at all. It's to say, Christ, you died for me. What's cool about that is my sin is no worse or no greater than your sin. Is no greater or no worse than the sin of the, the murderer sitting on death row right now. Is no greater or no worse than, like, let's, let's, let's like Western American, let's take ourselves out of the comparison game for a moment because none of that matters in God's eyes. None of it. He says, I want to know you. 
I sent my son more than 2,000 years ago, literally walked on this earth. No other religion can claim that. Not even close. Walked among you. And he said, I am the Messiah that the prophets prophesied about. And he said, you guys are going to have hard times. You guys are going to be persecuted just like me. You guys are going to be hated just like me. It's okay. Just love me. And like me, like sometimes in fear and trembling, I said, Christ, just, just let me know that you're with me today. Please let me know that I'm, that I'm following your voice and your word and not my own, right? Those are the moments of fear and trembling. I don't want to get up here and preach out of something, out of Dr. Phil's like, latest book. Like, I just don't, because it doesn't work. I mean, he's entertaining. He's really cool. He's, he matches a lot of some things in Scripture, right? It's wise. But I, like, doctors feel books don't work. These do. To gain wisdom, receive Christ in Bible. Wisdom, it's not a thing. If you read through Proverbs, all 30 and one of them, it talks about, you know, the lady of the night or w- the lady who is wise. Like, it's, it's not talking about a lady for real. Or t- it's talking about temptations of this world that are distracting us. And it's saying Christ, His way is wisdom. The early Christians saw Jesus as the embodiment of wisdom and became wise as they walked with Him. That's it. As they walked with Him. When He says, as the parable last week, Go and sell all your things and follow me. As he says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Literally, as Paul says, follow me or Jesus and I will make you a fisher of men. Paul says, follow me and as I follow Christ. There's something about this thing of following Christ, staying in God's word, letting it saturate through your mind and your heart. So that when we stand in front of Christ at the end of our days, it's not about all the cool stuff that I did in ministry or all the stuff I did in the church or all the the good, noble things I've done in the community. It's Jesus can say, I love you and I knew you well. And you loved people in my name. Right? Right? First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.24 says, But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, meaning all of us, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. There was a massive divide between us and there still is today when we don't choose Him when we don't choose him and him alone. Let me invite the man back. I'll finish with Ecclesiastes 9, 13 through 15, and then we can pray. The wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. 
yet no one remembered that same poor wise man. It is so easy for us in this life to forget about that Christ is the only way. He is God's wisdom and God's power and body and walked among us. And those of us who said, I'm following him and him alone, like we get it and it resonates in our heart and it gets us through these crazy tough times. And those of us who are following him, like the best of us get distracted. Like, so don't beat yourself up. But, but let's surround ourselves with men and women believers who can say, hey, keep going. Like, keep going. Let's surround ourselves in this season, especially with encouragement. Like, if you have a criticism in your head or your heart and your mind about the workplace, about whether, whether somebody's taking, making you take the vaccination or not, or whether you, you've received it joyfully and other people are criticizing you, believe me, I've heard all of it. Like, it's okay. Let's just stop and say, God, be with me. Christ, remind me to be loving. Let me know what this person needs today as far as encouragement. And let our church, as we prayed this morning, let all the churches of Kodiak, let all the churches in our nation right now that are just being humans, let us find a unity together to love one another and to say, you have all of me and just guide me guide us. Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful for your word. I am so thankful how clear it is. Forgive us for being imperfect people, but I'm so thankful it's such a picture of your grace that comes from Christ. I am so thankful that you want to pour your wisdom out on us because you love us. And Father, because you want to use us as a light in the darkness Father, let your word resonate and seep into your church this week. We are your sons and daughters. Use us in Jesus' name. Amen.